0: Welcome back to Avery After Dark. I am your host, Avery Ross. I want to start this episode with a question. Would you buy a haunted house? In a survey, a group of people were asked this question, and most were put off by the idea of buying a house if it was haunted. Of those surveyed, only about a third would be willing to buy a haunted house, but would expect a major discount on the asking price. Okay, now I want you to put yourself on the other side of things. If you put your house on the market and it's haunted, do you have to inform the seller of the ghostly activity? Hi, there's a leaky roof. The neighbor on the right is kind of a pain in the butt. Oh, and this house is riddled with ghosts. Good luck getting a solid night's sleep here. Now here, sign on the dotted line. I mean, would you be ticked off if you purchased a house only to move in and find that it's packed with ghosts? By law, does someone have to disclose if their home is haunted? In some cases... Yes, you do. As one seller in New York discovered, they were being sued for not disclosing the paranormal activity in their home to new buyers. Yes, sued. And the case wound up in the New York Supreme Court, where it was deemed that this woman's home was, quote, legally haunted. It's referred to and now known as the Ghostbusters ruling. This case is a perfect blend between the supernatural and true crime. Today, we're talking about a real-life haunting and court case that transpired in New York in the 90s, and it's shocking. Let's get into it. It all began with Helen and George Ackley. In 1967, they were in the market for a new home in Nyack, New York, a home they could grow into with their young children. Nyack, New York is a small, quaint village founded in 1883 with a population of just more than 6,000 people the village still really holds on to that late 19th century charm. They toured a few other homes in the area, but one stuck out to them. Richard Ellis of Ellis Realty took George and Helen through one particular home, and they fell in love. The home was one Lavetta place. The gorgeous Queen Anne Victorian-style home sits right on the Hudson Riverfront, three stories high, and almost 5,000 square feet of living space. It has a huge, big wraparound porch Five bedrooms, five bathrooms, stained glass windows, beautiful arched doorways, three-car garage, and a stunning view of the water. Uh, yeah, I'd fall in love too. This area is great because it's only 19 miles north of Manhattan, so you get the luxury of living in the burbs, having your own space, all the while still close enough to enjoy what the city has to offer. The house itself has quite a history and was originally built in 1890 and before the Ackley's had stood vacant for seven years, so it needed some sprucing up at move-in. This only really added to the charm for the Ackley's and George had a history of flipping houses, so they were set. This was their new home. But to the locals in Nyack, this house was simply known as the Ghost House. And it didn't take long for this fact to come to the Ackley's attention. On the very first day of move-in, A group of neighborhood kids were out on the street playing baseball when they saw the family moving their things into the home. They all ran over. They asked Helen, Are you moving into that house? Helen answered yes and being friendly said, Hey, do you guys want a tour? All of the kids agreed, but two of the kids seemed very hesitant and said, No thanks. One of the kids looked at Helen and said, Yeah, it's because they think there's ghosts in there. Did you know you bought a haunted house? Helen thought about what these kids said, and when the town's plumber got to the house later that day, she noticed he seemed antsy and stayed right by her side the entire time. He then told Ellen that when he was working on the house, he heard footsteps pacing in the room above him, a room that was empty. The home's energy made everyone else nervous, except for Helen. She felt at home there. That first night, Helen told George, her husband, about what the kids and the plumber had said. from that first night on, George strangely demanded that they start sleeping with the lights on. He felt something, and it didn't take long for the rest of the family to start to feel it too. The entire family started to awaken every morning to their beds shaking on their own. When one family member would be sitting on the family room couch, it would suddenly feel like someone was sitting right next to them. Items in the house would disappear and then suddenly reappear in other places. One day, as George was walking up the basement steps, he looked up to see a figure, slowly walk down the hallway and then out of sight. He could only see the ghost's foot, and it was dressed in a moccasin-like slipper. The spirits of the home were starting to show themselves. Helen said one day she was painting in one of the first floor rooms a new color, trying to spruce up the place a bit, when she felt the energy shift, like someone was in the room with her. She said she spoke out loud to the spirit and said, I really hope you like the color and I hope you approve of what we're doing to the place. As I mentioned, the home needed some improvements and they were doing a lot of renovations at this point. She continued on painting when suddenly, she felt like someone was staring at her from behind. She felt eyes on the nape of her neck. She looked over her shoulder to find the spirit of a man sitting there in midair in front of the fireplace. He had gray-white hair, piercing blue eyes, dressed in an immaculate blue suit. He wore white hose and shiny black shoes. The ghost was smiling at Helen. She watched as he rocked in place, continuing to smile, before slowly fading and disappearing before her eyes. Helen took this as a sign that the spirit approved of the updates the Ackleys were doing to the home. He seemed happy, cheerful. She saw this as a blessing of a sort. Helen never saw that ghost again, but felt the spirits there were of the Revolutionary War era. And it wasn't just Helen and George that were seeing these spirits. Cynthia Cavanaugh, one of Helen and George's daughters, said she had her own personal ghost while growing up in the home, the woman in white. One evening, Cynthia stayed up late watching TV while the rest of her family was fast asleep. It was getting late, so Cynthia walked around the main floor, made sure all of the doors were locked, because they mysteriously had a habit of becoming unlocked when no one else was around. She made her way up to her bedroom door, and as she stood in the doorway, she froze. On her bed was a woman dressed in all white. She was staring into a mirror that was above the dresser, brushing her hair. The ghostly woman slowly turned, looked at Cynthia, then nodded and went back to brushing her hair cynthia nodded back then quickly made her way back down to the kitchen where she got a glass of water and hung out for a while a few minutes later she said out loud i think i need to go to bed now and slowly made her way back up to her room and that woman was gone are you spooked yet now just a quick word from today's sponsors you're back with avery after dark cynthia saw this ghost on three separate occasions as cynthia was in high school But all from behind. Cynthia would catch her walking away. She was never afraid of her, though. Cynthia stated that she felt this spirit was always keeping an eye out for her. Cynthia grew up and got married, and when she brought her husband back to stay for a visit, he ran to her and told her that he saw the woman in white. Cynthia laughed and said, You saw my ghost. Overall, Helen only had fond things to say about the home and she adored the spirits that were there claiming that she was never alone, she always had the ghosts around. She even joked that if she did move, she wanted to take the ghosts with her. Throughout the years living there, Helen told anyone and everyone about the home spirits. As you can already guess, word spread in the entire neighborhood, then the village, and then everyone knew about the Ackley's haunted home. The haunting even spread to the media. And a story on the Ackleys and their home was featured in the May 1977 issue of Reader's Digest. Helen's perspective on the spirits of the home was a welcoming one. She said that she savored these encounters as a way for them to respect and honor the past, present, and future. George Ackley passed away, and Helen's children all grew up. But Helen stayed in the home for another 15 years, all alone. Well, not really alone. She said she always had her otherworldly friends. In 1990, Helen's children urged her that it was time to put the house on the market. It was a lot of house to keep up, and she was a widow and wanted to move to Florida. So Helen met with a realtor at Ellis Realty, and they placed her beloved home on the market. Not long after that, two out-of-towners from New York City came upon the listing, and they fell in love. Jeffrey and Patrice Stambowski, a couple from the Big Apple. Jeffrey worked in the financial business in New York City, and they thought this would be a perfect home for their family. They were expecting their first child, and Helen thought that this was going to be a really smooth move. The couple had walked through the home three separate times. This was it. Contracts were signed. It was a done deal. Until it wasn't. A week had passed when Ellis Realty got a call from Jeffrey and said that they wanted to set a meeting with Helen to discuss the ghosts a bit more. They said, no problem. So the meeting was set. And at this meeting, Jeffrey and Patrice brought along a woman that the real estate agent said, quote, was a gypsy type of woman. So the couple and this woman sat down with Helen. Helen, in her usual fashion, told them all about the spirits in the home and how much she adored their presence. And the meeting went well. It was very friendly and everyone left thinking, all's good. But it wasn't. The next day, Helen's realtor received a call from the seller's attorney and said they wanted their money back. They didn't want to proceed with the purchase of the house. Why? Because of the ghosts. Jeffrey stated that they were not made aware of the ghosts until they saw it mentioned on a walking tour of Nyack Haunted Homes. They also said the value of the property is greatly diminished, and if they wanted to resell this home, they wouldn't be able to as easily because of the haunting. They had put down a deposit with their contract, and they wanted their money back, period. But, in a legal sense... This was them defaulting on a contract. Legally, the seller has every right to keep that down payment. So Helen said, no. And wondered, if you had these doubts about the home, why wait so long to say so? And what the Stambovskis were asking for back was called earnest money. This basically means, hey, I want to and promise that I'm going to buy your home. So from Helen's standpoint, she may have turned down other offers She may have turned down other interested buyers. She had spent a lot of time with Jeffrey and Patrice over the past weeks, months. And this is all after getting her home ready to sell, which for those of you who know, getting your home ready to sell is really hard. It's a lot of work, especially for an older home like hers. And to top it all off, she was a widowed older woman. So why should someone just be able to get out of a contract because they changed their mind? Jeffrey came back and claimed that he wasn't a local, so he had no way of knowing that this house was haunted. Helen, on the other hand, remained firm that the couple was informed of the ghosts on one of their walkthroughs. She even remembered that one day during a tour, Patrice said this will be a great place to raise kids. And Helen responded, well, yeah, the ghosts will really love it. Helen also told the realtors that she wouldn't sign that contract unless the buyers were informed of the ghosts. This was very important to Helen. After that, a realtor made a call to Jeffrey and said, Helen wants you to know that there are ghosts in this house. And Jeffrey apparently laughed, and his response was, well, I guess we're going to have to call the Ghostbusters. The realtors then called Helen back and said, yes, we told Jeffrey all about the ghosts. And then, and only then, she signed the contract. So it seemed like to Helen and her attorney that the two had a change of heart later on and just wanted to walk away. Both stood firm in their stances and Helen let the case go to court. And to court it went. The Stambovskis, Helen, and Ellis Realty watched the unusual case land at the New York Supreme Court. And as you can imagine, the case received tons of publicity. Helen's side argued, they disclosed everything to the sellers. They didn't feel they were in the fault here because, by law, they didn't even have to mention the ghosts, but they did. They also made the point that, if you're so offended by ghosts, why are you moving to Nyack, New York? The village has quite a few haunted homes. What was really argued in this case was that this home has a stigma around it. It's haunted. Everybody knows it's haunted. It's worth less money now. That's what the Stambovskis argued. But Helen and the Realty's team argued, hey that revolutionary man that Helen saw in the family room that one day could have been George Washington. And in that case, the house could actually be worth a lot more. In what was clearly an attempt to make the case even more unusual and strange, the court went on to quote the theme song from Ghostbusters. A court document read, quote, from the perspective of a person in the position of the plaintiff, a very practical problem arises with respect to the discovery of a paranormal phenomenon. Who are you going to call? As the Ghostbusters ask. It really is pretty funny that all of this was discussed in a court of law. And now another quick word from today's sponsors. You're back with Avery After Dark. Initially, the courts were going to dismiss this case under the notion of buyer beware. This idea is basically summed up to, as a buyer of anything, from a milkshake to a $10 million home, you are supposed to do your due diligence and research. Make sure you are purchasing something responsibly. AKA, it's on you. Ghosts or no ghosts, the buyer, the consumer, is responsible to check things out before the purchase. So if the home is haunted, it's on you to find that out. To me, this idea makes a lot of sense. If every person went to court every time they regretted buying something, oh, we'd never see the end of it. I can't tell you how many stupid things I've bought. Albeit, it's never been a home, but the case was dismissed. The court was basically like, why are you here? There wasn't much precedent here. This was a very unusual case. But the Stambovskis were not done. They appealed the decision, they really wanted their money back. So the case went to the appellate division and Stambowski dropped the realty group from the suit and now was just going after Helen to get his money back. Whew, he just doesn't quit. The case is reviewed again, and for whatever reason, the judge didn't believe that Helen did disclose the haunting to the new sellers because if he did, there wouldn't have been a case. In the end, on July 18th, 1991... In the case of Stambovsky v. Ackley, the judge sided with the Stambofsky's and ruled that as a matter of law, this house is haunted, and Helen was ruled to provide relief to the plaintiffs. And this went into law that a realtor has to disclose any and all ghostly activity to a buyer. But this new law didn't last long. When Governor Pataki became governor months later, this law was completely thrown out. In general, in the United States, you don't have to disclose hauntings when you're selling your house, especially if these hauntings are private to you and you haven't gone to the press with it. Because in many states, you do have to declare houses that are, quote, stigmatized because it may affect the resale value. And these are houses where big stigmatizing events such as murders, deaths, or criminal activity have taken place. After the court case, Helen Ackley on the other hand was very proud that her home was the first legally haunted house. She saw it as a sign that the world is progressing, that there are things that we humans know nothing of, have an open mind. Since all this, the home has sold around five times and none of these new residents have reported any paranormal activity though. Many argue that since Helen and her family were so open to the spirits, they felt and saw them more. For the new buyers, who aren't, these spirits maybe don't feel that they're acknowledged in that way. And through all the renovations and updates, it's a really beautiful home. And although the Stambovskys stated that the resale value was just gonna be down the drain, quite the opposite. In 2019, it was on the market for $1.9 million. In the end, this was one of the most unusual cases that made its way through the New York courts. And Helen passed away in 2003. She was actually buried near the home, and after she passed, Helen's family took photos of the house while it was empty one day. They were shocked when they got the film developed and saw in the photos, in the two front windows, you can see faces looking out the windows. The family doesn't know if these faces were the spirits saying goodbye to Helen, or if Helen is in there with them now. Either way, I do believe those spirits in that house are quite glad that Jeffrey and Patrice did not move in. Spooky. If you're digging this podcast, leave it a good review on Apple Podcasts and thank you so much to everyone who has joined the Patreon. If you want all these episodes ad free, click the link below and join on up. Just three dollars a month. And for more spooky stories, make sure you're following along with Avery After Dark on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Until next episode, I'm Avery Ross.